believe you'll hear him hosting the Jeff Merrick Show today. He is the producer of said Jeff Merrick Show on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Matt Marchese. Hey, what's going on? How's it going, buddy? Yes, I am yeah. hosting today. I'm, I'm currently on my way in, uh, trekking through uh, the northern greater Toronto area to try and get in. Okay, um, again, um, some of our listeners think uh, the GTA is everything. Like, and it, all it of pretty much Ontario. is. So, yeah. Thank Upper you. Niagara Falls, it's like, that's the GTA. No, it isn't. It yeah, isn't It's pretty all. close, though. It's pretty close. <laughs> no, it's not, It's Matt Rose. super close, though. No, it's not super mm. close. It's like it's a stone's actually. throw away, George. No, it's not. It is not. Um, I have to ask you about Valentine's Day real quick. You're a new dad. It's the yep. first uh, Valentine's Day with your lovely daughter. How much of a pass do you get with Valentine's Day now with your wife? Because obviously you're wrapped up in the baby. Um, so, uh, so we we could have gone out for dinner. We were offered a babysitter. My wife's just like, I don't really want to go anywhere. So I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yes, I'm sure. I said, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. I'm sure it's fine. Mm. See, the it's fine part is the part that gets me yeah. a little bit. That's the part that scares me just mm. ever so slightly. Yeah, it's fine is not good. It's no. fine is not good. But uh, I don't. That's a tough one, Maddie. I got. I'm not gonna lie. You're in a tough spot right now. Definitely. Oh, she's I think getting you definitely flowers. Bring something she's getting home. flowers. Don't worry. She's okay. Getting flowers. Right. Don't worry. Okay. Um, do you love love like Matt Rose loves love? Um. <laughs> sure. sure. Okay. Yes. All right. I like it. Sure. Um. Uh, your your thoughts on the Calgary Flames goaltending situation with Jacob Markstrom? Because that Tim Stutzla goal last night, Wolf was a stinker. You know, I, it was funny because as I was preparing for the show today, I was I was putting together my notes and and the first thing that I that I wrote was because it was about the third period and it was you know Markstrom had only allowed the one goal. I think he had like fifteen shots at the time. I'm like, this is exactly the game that Jacob Markstrom needs. A low-calorie game. He doesn't get a ton of shots, but he plays well enough to win, doesn't allow too many goals, and he can start to hopefully get that confidence back. Well, that went out the window very quickly. And what, what I'm learning about the goaltending position as time goes on is they are becoming more and more like relief pitchers in baseball in that they are so unpredictable year to year. Even the elite ones. Like Jacob Marsham last year was – the second-best goalie in the NHL behind Igor Shosturkin last year. And Shosturkin didn't have a great start to this season either. So it's, it's a really curious scenario because at the end of the day, the Flames want Markstrom to be the guy. They want Dan Vladar to be the, you know, 1C, not even the 1B. They want him to be the 1C. Play your, you know, 30 games or 25 games, whatever it is, and now he's been called into action a little bit more. And, and granted, he's been he's been fine, but this is not a goaltending situation that I think you're very comfortable with down the stretch. And and part of that is I really thought that this defensive unit would have been a lot better than it has been, especially with the addition of Mackenzie Weger. I think it's an all-encompassing thing. I don't think it's necessarily just the goaltending. I kind of think it's a combination of everything. They don't get enough goal support. The defense isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I thought they were going to be dominant, and the goaltending has been below average. So I think it's a. I think when you look at everything as a whole, I think you're very uncomfortable with the way things are going. So all that being said, as we inch closer towards the trade deadline, the one thing that I think a lot of people have discussed in the market and out 
is that the Flames could use maybe a little bit more scoring punch. If you get that game to, you know, a fourth goal, a fifth goal, maybe you get a little bit of a different result. But what do you think should be the the interest level for the Flames as far as going out and getting a big fish? Or do you see it as maybe a dead team that should search more for a little bit of a, a middle piece? How do you look at what the Flames should try and acquire to bolster their team for ahead of the playoffs? I think that I think a scorer is absolutely at the top of the list. The only thing is, is what, what are you willing to part with here? Like, is, is a guy like, okay, Timo Meyer's in a totally different level. I, I think that they would have at least expressed interest in Timo Meyer. I'm just not sure that they have the horses to make that deal. Does a guy like James Van Riemsdyk make you that much better? I mean, he helps, sure. But does he make you that much better? I'm not so certain about that. Like, the problem is, is that the big fish is Timo Meyer. Outside of that, up front, like you kind of got like, what does Detroit do with Dylan Larkin? Um, and not that Calgary needs another center, but those types of players you may have to wait on. Maybe there's a guy that we haven't discussed. Like, are, are, do they have interest in Patrick Kane? I hate to break it to you, but Patrick Kane's probably not going to Calgary. So you're kind of limited in your options, but. Timo Meyer would be at the top of my list if I were the Calgary Flames. He should be at the top of a lot of teams' lists because he's the guy who makes a difference for you in the playoffs. Outside of that, I, I think I, I like their defensive group. I just don't like the way that they've played this year. And obviously, you're not going out and getting another goalie. So you're kind of stuck with, okay, we're going to go out and try and acquire a forward. And if that's the case, if I'm Brad Treliving, who uh, as I'm sure you guys have talked about, does not have a contract after this year. If I'm him, I'm seriously considering making a big splash for Timo Meyer because I be- like that's a Daryl Sutter type player. He's the complete opposite of Jonathan Huberdeau, who is not a Daryl Sutter type player. But he's a player that can kind of get you through because he's that big body, he's physical, he's a power forward. And guess what? He can score goals. So he would be at the top of my list if I were the Flames. But after that, I mean, if you're willing to take, uh, if you're willing to pay a little bit less for a player, then I, I, I do think that James Van Riem's like is a good fit for them. I'm just not sure if it's the fit that makes the most sense if you're trying to get into the playoffs and make a big run if you're the Flames. Matt, there's a growing list of fans, media, who say that maybe the Flames shouldn't give up any assets to help this team out because ultimately what are we trying to do here? Is this team good enough to have a big ad at the deadline? But at the same time, like the the Pacific Division is literally a crapshoot. Outside of maybe the Oilers, who, yeah, we, we think the Oilers are good and they've been playing really good hockey lately outside of that game in Montreal on the weekend. But the, the Oilers, are, are they the best team in this division? Maybe. Is it the Kings? I, I'm not a huge believer in the Kings. The Kraken, yeah, they look fast, but they have issues in net. It's just like this division feels wide open. Is that the reason why maybe the Flames should go out there and give up some assets to add at the deadline? Because this Pacific division, it's not like the Atlantic where it's a murderer's row. Like the Flames potentially could do some damage here. They could, and I and I do agree with that sentiment. Here's here's the one thing that we can say. When you look at the Pacific Division, the three teams that you mentioned specifically, George, what do all of those teams have in common? None of them have a goalie that you're super confident in when the playoffs come. Listen, uh, the the Kings are riding Phoenix Copley right now, who's been playing. He's been 
playing in the AHL over the basically the majority of his career. Logan Thompson is now hurt for the Vegas Golden Knights, and that's a week-to-week situation. So they're riding Laurent Boisfort and Aiden Hill to the playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers goaltending situation, yes, Jack Campbell's been good lately, but we've seen the flip side of Jack Campbell where he couldn't stop the moon if you shot it at him. So when you look at all those situations and you think, if my goalie can get hot or one of my goalies can get hot, then absolutely we can make a run. It's not as if Jacob Marson just forgot how to play goal. I think there's a, I, you know, and Jeff has talked about it on the show, that series against the Oilers really hurt his confidence. Like, that was a big, big deal. And, and I don't think we talk enough about what happened to his psyche after that series. But having said all that, if you look at that situation, I, I think that they should push the chips in. Because I, I think that the talent is there I think that structurally, Daryl Sutter, he knows what he's doing. Listen, we saw how how well this team played defensively last year in front of Markstrom. So what has changed? The personnel got better. We expected that they weren't going to score as many goals. That's been the case. I just didn't think they were going to allow this many. So going out and trying to maybe counteract the fact that you're not able to keep the puck out of your net by just scoring more. Hey, the Oilers made it to the Western Conference Final last year with Dreisaitl on one leg and no goaltending. So it can happen again. I I got to ask you about one of the things that's uh, been a little bit of a topic of conversation on the Jeff Merrick show lately and does include the Oilers, and that's perhaps a deal involving Eric Carlson. What would you make Do of it? A, yeah, we so, would love that here. But what would you make of a deal that would uh, have Eric Carlson go into the Edmonton Oilers? You know, I'm trying to figure out what calculator these guys are using. Because the ones that I use, I don't see it's how they It's a Casio watch one, Maddie. It's a, it's a <laughs> yeah. Casio watch calculator. Yeah, that, it has to be the same one that Dwight Schrute wore in the office. But like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that that situation, I, like, listen, that would be so much fun to watch. Eric Carlson passing to Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl and and uh, Zach Hyman and, and go down the list. The problem is, is that's not what the Oilers need. Do I want to see them do it? Absolutely, I want to see them do it because I am a big fan of chaos. And that would cause chaos. I don't see how bringing in Eric Carlson fits the need that you have. Everybody keeps talking about they need a physical defenseman. They need a stay-at-home defenseman. Eric Carlson hasn't stayed home in 12 years. He is never home. So I don't see how that works. The other thing is, too, is I was speaking to somebody, and they said that Eric Carlson loves to be the guy. And with Brent Burns gone, not that there was a rift or anything between them, but Eric Carlson is the guy right now. When he goes to Edmonton, if that were to be the case, first of all, he's got to accept the trade there. He holds all the cards. And if he sees the temperature in Edmonton in December and January, I don't think that he's very interested in that, especially being in San Jose. But if he were to waive it to go there, he is not the guy. He's not the second guy. He is the third guy. And I'm not certain that Eric Carlson is interested in that sort of thing. Do I want it to happen? Yes, because I am hosting a show on trade deadline day, and I would like some fun action. Unfortunately, not sure that Eric Carlson moving is going to be that thing. I actually was going to pose the question today on on the show in that, 
Should the Oilers do, instead of going after Eric Carlson, because I don't think that that's going to happen, should they do the absolutely irresponsible thing and go out and get another forward, a la Patrick Kane? Because I love that. Like, score as many goals as humanly possible. Because if you can make Eric Carlson fit under the cap, you can absolutely make Patrick Kane fit under the cap, especially because Chicago can eat some money and there's only this year left on his deal. That would be absolutely irresponsible, and I'm totally here for it. Uh, Matt Marchese, uh, the Jeff Merrick Show producer, he's hosting it today on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, You mentioned the name Dylan Larkin. Is he the guy that maybe we're not talking enough about here as the deadline approaches? You know, after last night, I was going, wow, that price just went up. but, you know, Larkin is so interesting because, he, to me, he's one of the more interesting players at this deadline only because whatever the Red Wings decide to do with Dylan Larkin indicates what their next moves are going to be. Are they going to go into another little mini rebuild here? Or if they sign Dylan Larkin to an extension, that means that they're, they're in and they're going to add pieces, obviously not this year because they're not going to make the playoffs, but in the offseason and try and continue this thing. I think Dylan Larkin could be one of those sneaky guys that because we don't know if he's actually available, that that changes the way the deadline looks because we've talked about the interest level in centers. Everybody wants to get a center. What's the cost for Dylan Larkin? Well, I think the Boston Bruins have an issue at center after this season. And if they could bring Dylan Larkin in for the rest of the year, kind of show him, hey, this is what it means to be a Boston Bruin, makes the the transition from Patrice Bergeron a little bit easier. I'm not so certain that David Krejci is going to be gone, but Dylan Larkin could change the outlook of this deadline if they do not come to an agreement and they just decide to move on from him. Steve Eiserman gave Steven Stamkos a number. And Steven Samkos took it to free agency and ended up re-signing in Tampa. The difference here is that Tampa actually had proven that they can win. The Detroit Red Wings have proven squad. So it's a totally different situation, the tax situation. But I do believe that Steve Eisman has a number that he's not moving off of. So could Dylan Larkin get more on the open market? Maybe. Possibly. Probably. But he's going to get one less year. So that's something that he's got to deal with. The other thing that was brought up on the show yesterday when talking about Larkin was the guy that Bill Larkin is dealing with is a former captain of the Detroit Red Wings. And you look at the history of Red Wings captains and you talk about, you know, Nick Lidstrom and after him was Henrik Zetterberg and before them was Steve Eiserman. And you look at the list of captains and Bill Larkin's on that list. Here's what your legacy could be if you stick around. If not, then that's his decision. He's also a Michigan guy. That's another thing that we don't talk a lot about. So I do believe that Eiserman has a number. He's not going to budge off that number. And the ball is in Dylan Larkin's court, whether he wants to stay or not, because if he does, they'll stay the course here with the, you know, the Eiser plan, as they call it. If not, we could absolutely see the Red Wings go into a little bit of a mini rebuild here. So out east, the Boston Bruins are, are the best team. They've got an almost 800 win percentage. They've been out of their mind all year long. But the West is completely different, especially now that Colorado is getting healthy. 
today, who do you think is the best team in the Western Conference? Oh, boy. Ooh. That is that's such a tough question because I still – I still think that the Avs are the team because they've proven that they can win with just average goaltending. And that's honestly, that's what they're going to get. I, I, the, the combo of Gorgiev and Francois is they're going to be like, they're going to give the same kind of minutes as Darcy Kemper is going to give you. They're very similar. Um, the only team that I look at that I'm really, really intrigued by that I think could get themselves into that mix is the Dallas Stars. Jake Ottinger has been playing excellent all season. They, they've gotten way more than I think anybody anticipated out of Jamie Benn, who not that long ago was called out along with Tyler Sagan by the team's owner for basically not living up to the contract. And Jamie Benn is, I mean, he's not a $10 million player, but he's playing a hell of a lot close to a $10 million player this year than he has in a long, long time. So I think the Dallas Stars are interesting because I do believe that they're going to go out and try and get a forward. Um, Pete DeBoer has been great for that team. He's been great for Miro Heiskanen, who's had a really, really resurgent year. He's been excellent. So I I think the Dallas Stars are the closest team to um, the Colorado Avalanche just because stylistically I think their game works in a playoff-type setting. I think that they're going to go add. And and outside of that, I mean – Colorado getting healthy is is the is the elixir, right? Once they get healthy, then they're gonna, and you know that they're going to try and go out and make a move. They, they probably want to go out and get a second line center, and the name Jonathan Taves keeps popping up, who I think would be a good fit there. Um, but yeah, for me, it's Colorado first, and I and Dallas is a is a pretty close second for me. Uh, Matt Marchese is the producer of the Jeff Merrick Show. He's hosting today's edition of the program. Uh, Matty, great stuff. Let's talk again soon, pal. Let's do it, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, There's Matt Marchese on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3300. 44. All right, straight ahead, we'll check in with Shai Davidi at spring training for the Blue Jays. Did he get that batting order? We'll, we'll ask him that. You can ask him that question. Uh, we're also still taking your text messages to wrap up the show. What is your current relationship status with Jacob Markstrom? Uh, Texty McTexterson, our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot. We'll do those. And intern John will have a flame stat for us. How many times this season have the Flames carried a shutout into the third period? We'll do all of that to wrap up our edition, our part of the big show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. From beautiful, sunny Florida, Blue Jays insider from Sportsnet, Shai Davidi. Hey, Shai, how's it going? All right, what's going on? Um, what, what, what number of spring training is this for you? How many spring trainings have you been to? More than I'd probably like to acknowledge on the air. Uh, I think of probably in the neighborhood of 20. Uh, they're wow. a lot, obviously lost a couple during the pandemic year, and uh, it was one in 2010 out of miss because uh, my wife was due with a baby. Uh, but otherwise, it's been pretty much everyone since 2003. So pretty good number there. All right. T- take me through your, your – how do you prepare 
yourself for spring training? Uh, do you usually stay at the same place? What's your regiment? How much do you pack? Like, you, you must have this thing down to a complete and total science now, no? So it depends because you go for different periods of time every year. And where we stay usually depends on hotel rates and try to be uh, respectful of budgets and things like that. Uh, but, you know, you get to know your spot. So there are certain restaurants you like to go to and uh, certain areas you like to visit. Uh, and then packing is uh, generally I'm a carry-on only guy and I can make, uh, I can make a carry-on work for a long period of time. So, uh, you know, try to, try to pack light. And, you know, there's a, these days are, are long. It's, uh, I know, you know, there's the impression that it's a, it's a quick day, but these days end up being long. So there often isn't a lot of time for socializing afterwards. Mm. Um, I know that there's always a ton of optimism when it comes to spring training, new season, uh, especially with the team like the Blue Jays that have World Series aspirations. But where where do you hit the wall in spring training, Shy? Where do you hit it? Where do the players generally hit it where it's like, okay, let's get the season going here? So I think probably this is about roughly four weeks of games, right? So weeks two and three of the games, it's kind of like, that's where people are going to like, it starts getting old. You know, the first week of games, obviously you're, it's the first time you're playing. Everyone's excited. They want to like test out what they've done over the off season on the field and in game conditions and see how that's playing. Uh, and then the last week it's, you know, a final push, making sure you're focused and ready for the regular season. If you're fighting for a roster spot, you, know, you obviously want to make sure that you're closing strong, but it's that middle part where it's just, all right, we're in this. <laughs> that everybody's kind of like, uh, yeah, let's well, let's move this along. And uh, uh, but still, yeah, I think it's obviously exciting. But it is a long preseason. I think the last couple of years showed that you know push comes to shove, players can get ready and not really risk themselves with a, a truncated spring. But you know, this is uh, this is really back to routine. This is the first normal one since 2019. Last year was obviously rushed because of the lockout. So. This is really back to back to the grind here. So all that being said, uh, I guess what what was your takeaway when you heard uh, John Schneider say, "Yeah, the, there's not going to be a ton of battles here at spring camp." I mean, that's basically what we kind of expected, right? You're looking yeah. at it like, unless someone gets hurt, there, there really aren't a lot of pathways. The only spot that you know is this going to go to to one player or another is really the 26th spot on the roster right now. Or, you know, it could be Nathan Lucas, maybe it's Otto Lopez, maybe Addison Barger forces his way into it, uh, Spencer Horwitz. There's some potential candidates, but it, it's, really, uh, it's really a set team. And uh, I think the biggest and most important question is who ends up the fifth starter. Uh, it, really, it really looks like Yusei Kikuchi is going to get every opportunity to be that guy and, and see where things play out from there. But it's uh, a sign of where the Blue Jays are right now is that they're pretty set and they don't really have a, a ton of work to, to do this spring. Um, uh, also wanted to ask you about um, uh, just as well. Um, did you blank, Manny? I it did. Sorry, I got distracted there for a second. Um, it, ha- it happens to all of us. Um, we all have. We all. Have I got it. Oh, I wanted to okay, ask okay, you. Go. Oh, uh, at training camp, all the time on Twitter, we always see the pictures of the guys, and then fans are like, "Oh, look at how different he looks." Which uh, physical transformation has maybe uh, surprised you the most of all the players that have returned here for camp? 
kind of a physical transformation, but Yusei Kikuchi, bearded Yusei Kikuchi is a, is a different look, right? Does he He's look more a, menacing, Shy? He does look more menacing. It is, uh, it is a meaner, a, a meaner looking Yusei. So, uh, you know, I, I, I look, I, I think that the times where, you know, guys are radically transforming themselves, like that, that's sort of a remnant of, of past, you know, sports in the past where guys really, the off season really was an off season for guys and, you know, spring training or training camp and other sports was about getting into shape. Like guys are pretty much working out year round. They're always taking care of themselves in a way that is different. It's just you have to do that because that's that's how you maintain your edge these days. So I, I don't I don't know that there's anybody that's sort of drastically different, uh, but you know everybody looks to be in good shape. There's nobody you're looking at. You're like, ooh, what, what did this guy do during the off season in a negative way? Mm. So Vlad looks good. Is that what you're saying? He looks good. Yeah, I think everybody looks looks okay, looks good. the way they should. That that was a talking point uh, at least a couple of years ago uh, when Vlad Jr. How would he look uh, coming into uh, spring training? Shai Davidi, uh, baseball insider for Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show Russick and Rose. Um, Shai, what kind of a wild card is Nate Pearson in all of this? A really interesting one. I, I, I watched his uh, his sign session yesterday, and as you'd expect, he was throwing the hell out of the ball. And the the Blue Jays were really excited, and they got some really strong reports about how he performed in winter ball in the Dominican Republic. And look, we know it's triple digit velocity. It's a it's a vicious breaking ball. It's got a chance to play really really well out of the bullpen, perhaps into into more of a role. But he, like pretty much everybody else right now uh, who's trying to win a job on the pitching staff, uh, they're on the outside looking in. They need either a, a, a transaction or an injury to open up a spot. Uh, and so he might have to bide his time in AAA for a little bit as a way to get there. But uh, if he pitches the way that he can, he's going to force his way onto this team because it's – you know, that profile is exactly what they need in the bullpen. Uh, and, and maybe it plays into a bit of a bigger role where he's some sort of hybrid pitcher and working in multiple innings where he could be a real weapon. So, uh, you know, he's someone that has obviously been, uh, been frustrated by his, his injuries in recent years and certainly left the team waiting for him in, in a way, grasping for, for him to become the, to, to realize that potential. But, you know, you see it, and it's like it's tantalizing. It's right there. And, again, if he just, if he just is able to stay healthy and, and, and tap into that ability, you know, it's, it's a real weapon that, that's going to factor at some point. Uh, Shai, this is kind of like a nerdy baseball question. Um, how is sure. the shift being banned going to affect Kevin Gosman mm-hmm. this season? Well, he's it's interesting, right? Because you look at his pitching last year, and uh, he had, uh, I believe, the highest uh, batting average on balls in play uh, against in the major league last year. It was, it was right up there, which is really indicative of how much bad luck he pitched into. And so, if if teams are playing straight up, you know, are guys going to have to approach guys who were shifted again, uh, who were being shifted when facing him? Are they going to have to approach him differently? And does that make him a bit more effective? 
it's a, it's really an interesting question. But even with that bad luck on uh, balls in play, you know, he still had a tremendous season. And so, you know, is it going to make a, a massive difference? Is it going to, like, shave a run off his ERA or something like that? I, I wouldn't think so. But it, it certainly is something that, look, it's going to impact everybody. But you wonder if that some of the bad luck that he experienced last year begins correcting, and that's a factor in how much it corrects. So I wanted to ask you as well uh, just about uh, the batting order because that was probably my favorite part of John Schneider's press conference yesterday was you just saying, hey, let's go right for the meat of this thing. What's the batting order going to look like? Yeah, it's a, he's, uh, I, I asked that question. He's like, day one, shy. It's early. But I'm like, it's never too early uh, for something like that. Look, I think it's really interesting this year the way they set up with the, they have the three lefties who you are going to be in there most days barring injury in uh, Kiermaier, Varsho, and, and Belt. And, and that's something that they haven't had in the past. So how are they going to spread those guys out to make life difficult for the opposing managers and that, you know, ensure that you're creating to some advantage at bats, which is something they only had uh, only 30% of their at-bats last year were in a platoon advantage. That's by far the lowest number of any club in the majors. So the, the answer that John gave, I thought was, was pretty in, intriguing when he said, you know, you want to, you want to spread them out so that within pockets of three hitters, uh, you're creating the opportunity for at least one guy to get an advantage matchup. And so, yeah, I think that we'll probably see them spread out over the course of the lineup. I would anticipate you know, uh, the Blue Jews starting with Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero right out of the gate uh, probably makes uh, pretty good sense that you want your three best hitters getting the most at bat. Uh, but then maybe we see Belt four, and then you know Kirk five, Chapman six, uh, and then you know the other couple lefties spread out from there, or maybe Marshall's a little bit higher. Uh, it's uh, they've got some options and they've got some time to play with it. So. I think it's going to be pretty intriguing how that how they spread those lefties out uh, because again it's something that they haven't had and is probably something that can create a little bit of opportunity for them this year. Uh, Shy with Varsho and Kiermaier now with the team, how many games is George Springer going to play in center field this year? If you could put a bet on it, I wouldn't expect too many. Now, let's say there are some injuries that impact things there. Well, maybe that changes things, or maybe if there's a certain left-hander that you don't want to, uh, you don't want to have your left-hander, your left-handed hitter space. Uh, maybe, maybe he's in center field to, uh, to get more right-handed bats in there. So I think that there, there'll probably be a few, but by and large, they want him to stay in right field. Uh, they're optimistic that, that may end up reducing some of the wear and tear that he's faced over the couple of years and help him stay on the field, but not only just stay on the field, but also stay on the field and be the best version of himself. Uh, real quick before I let you go, Shy, uh, they're keeping the ghost runner for the extra innings uh, in regular season games, which I'm all for uh, from a personal level and a guy who works in media and has stories to write after games. How thankful are you for the ghost runner? I mean, I do like it, and I, you know, from a personal level, I, I like traditional baseball too. I don't mind seeing uh, seeing extra innings or anything like that. But 
you also get to the point where those games can be really disruptive for teams, and yeah. and sometimes it's it becomes difficult difficult to bring a game to a resolution, like especially when you get two teams that have really deep bullpens, right? Like these dudes are hard to hit off. So mm-hmm. I, I don't I like the idea of finding ways to bring a game to a close, uh, and I like the idea of not having that in the playoffs and just playing traditional baseball there. Uh, Shai Davidi, Blue Jays insider for Sportsnet. Shai, always terrific stuff. Enjoy that Florida sunshine. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Be well. Uh, there's Shai Davidi on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Using the same secret recipe since 1975, dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. All right, we got about nine minutes to go in our portion before we hand things over to Patrick Dumas and Big Show XL, more Big Show, Big Show Mucho. Um, a couple things have transpired during our show. Um, Maddie wanted to fill us in on what you got for us, Maddie. Uh, number one, uh, Alex Ovechkin taking a leave of absence from the Washington Capitals what? to deal with a family uh, matter. Uh, no mm. timeline given on that, but that's, that's the latest so that's come down. So uh, the Capitals have had to make a recall, and and obviously Washington is right in the throes of a playoff race, currently sitting yep. fourth in the Metropolitan Division and in uh, one of those wild card spots out east. But um, something to keep an eye on with the Washington Capitals sure. for sure. Wow, that that that's surprising. You just hope everything's okay. Yeah. Uh, with Ovechkin's family, because obviously when you hear something like that, you, you have really there's no there's no even point to speculating you just hope everything's okay but again uh the chase is on hold now because as uh you and i have mentioned and talked about are the washington capitals in it to win the stanley cup or are they in it for ovechkin to break wayne gretzky's record yeah and that's that's been the vibe for quite some time here um but the the official statement from the capitals says that alex ovechkin will be away from the team to attend to a family matter and the health of a loved one. So that's one of the NHL stories. The other one, and this kind of goes back to yesterday, George, uh, Jacob Chikrin was scratched for the second straight game. And uh, Andre Tournier, who's the head coach of the Coyotes mentioned before the game, he's not going to play until he gets dealt. This is going to be just how it is. And uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets announcing this morning, they're doing the exact same thing with defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov. He's going to be scratched uh, for trade-related reasons, is the uh, tweet from the Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, teams aren't hiding it anymore. Uh, it used to be, you yeah. know, asset protection. Now they're just saying, hey, guy's not playing. We're protecting our asset. That's the way it is. Okay. And you got something fun for us, too? Uh, got uh, an entertainment note for you. Uh, yeah. Ted Lasso's coming back March 15th. Right. They announced that during our show today. Like it. They had March a n- 15th. Nice little uh, video tribute. And uh, one CFL note uh, mentioned during the morning report, but uh, Jameer Thurman did confirm that he is leaving the Calgary Stampeders after four years as the team's middle linebacker. Mm. Uh, free right. agency uh, opens up in an hour and 12 minutes in the CFL. Okay, great stuff, uh, Maddie. Um, you're like you're like Scoop Rose right now with all those scoops during our show. Got a ton of stuff on the go, man. Always, you know, I'm, I'm dialed in. Yeah. You're always razor sharp. Yeah, uh, well, razor sharp. Yeah, bag uh, of wet hair, bud. Maybe listen to the Friday morning show after the. No, beer don't do game. that, please. How razor That's sharp still available. Is. Hey, great. Okay, perfect. We should maybe we should maybe just quietly delete that yeah. episode, or at <laughs> least the first hour. Please, I yeah, wouldn't hate or it. Just the first hour. I wouldn't hate it. 
No, uh, just the first hour. <laughs> um, our intern, John, is with us the entire week, and uh, we put him to work here. Uh, can we put John on the air here? John, have you been working hard on what we asked you to do? Yes, absolutely. I have it already. Okay, now, okay well, yeah, you're ready, but did you also pick a Michael Bolton song to have underneath you? Mm. That is a good question there. <laughs> so that is no. So that's no. <laughs> no. Uh, Patrick Jamal, can we play a, a Michael Bolton song underneath intern John's uh, report that he's going to give us? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You know what? Uh, when I'm a man loves a woman. Down, I'm sitting down right now, and my knees got weak. Yeah. Oh, buckled. Straight buckled. Yeah, just have this underneath as intern John. We gave him the uh, Patrick Jamal had the great take. Hey, how many times have the Flames had a shutout heading into the third period this season? Um, I, I believe this number should be accurate because intern John has been working diligently at this the past hour or so. Intern John, what do you got for us? The Flames have carried a shutout into the third inning exactly twice this season, one being against the Habs and the other being against the Blues. The most recent one was January 12th with a 4-1 to victory against the Blues. That was a Vladar game. It was a Vladar game, and mm. the Habs game was Markstrom. Mm. And they lost in overtime. Oh, and they won they four sure one against the Blues. Shocker! Now the, the Flames, flames have yeah. been shut out into the third four times this season, with the last one being the Avalanche on January 18th. So the Flames have been shut out into the third more times than they have carried a shutout into the third. Great job, John. That's woof. Twice this season, they've only shut out their opponents. In the first two periods. That's not great. That's jarring. Yeah, that's not good. No. That's, that's not good. Bad. That's bad. That is bad. And it, I guess it's hand in hand with having the worst save percentages in the first period. Although all those numbers just kind of float by the wayside when you hear the beautiful voice of Michael Bolton in the background. I'm going to keep it up when we play texty. <laughs> you should. Yeah, you shouldn't bring this down at all. Because when a man loves a woman, uh, his best friend better not talk bad about her because he'll leave his best friend in a second. I'm just paraphrasing. paraphrasing <laughs> yeah, that was himself. really good. That was spot You're on. Welcome. You're welcome. Mm. All right. Uh, we've also asked you on the text line. I also realized that Burley's playing both, so I can't actually play the music and texty at the same time. Like, why don't we have the capability of doing that? Hey, did you get, I think it's is just... he signed in on, are you signing in on that computer there, John? No, he's not. Okay. Hey, Maddie, no. can you bring up Spotify? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. We're, we're going to get some Michael Bolton here for Texty. Yeah, why don't you pick another Michael Bolton? Mike, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maddie, I want you to cycle through Michael Bolton songs as we're wrapping up with Texty McTexterson. All right. I'll take this upon myself. I'm, I know a lot of Michael Bolton. Right. Burley's up there, yeah. Maddie. You can DJ up. You can play uh, the role of Pat Steinberg and be DJ Power Play on the show for the next three minutes. Wow. What a role. Yeah. Uh, as uh, do you want me to? Do you want the Spider-Man quote or no? <laughs> yes, please give With me this. Great power please. comes great responsibility. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I love when you give me Marvel quotes. You're welcome because I'm such a, I'm such a Marvel. Yeah, head. you're such a honk. Such a comic book guy. I'm the one who didn't know the movie came out this Friday, not last Friday. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, so good. Yeah. All right. Uh, We've asked you uh, on 960, 960, our text line. We asked them, how am I supposed to live without you? You can't. You absolutely can't. Uh, We've asked you on the text line, uh, what's your current relationship status with Jacob Markstrom? Oh, texty, take it away. 
Oh. <laughs> okay. I assume I the kids are 15 right now. I think the kids, yeah, like the kids equal his contract. Yes. I think that's kind of yeah. what we're going with Yeah, they got to be 15 right now. That's very well done. It's very well done. I have so much faith in our listeners, and maybe, they always deliver. Maybe you can get lucky and send them off to boarding school for that last yep. year. Who uh, knows? What else you got for us? You want to? Yeah, go All ahead, right. Texty. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Very conflicted <laughs> in that. <laughs> uh, Maddie, That's a love triangle and a half place. right there. Uh, Maddie, another another different uh, another like one. Song All right, yeah. let's try. Uh, here we go. Go the distance. Okay, uh, I asked. Uh, I've asked. Uh, s- I said I loved you, but I lied. I've asked for that a long time. Ago. I love you, but I lied. All right, yeah. I got you. Okay, hold on. You got it yet? All right. Texty to have a long intro. That's fine. Texty. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't understand the innuendo, right. which is good. Uh, I don't know what that means. God bless you, Patrick, for getting that one through. Can we read the next one, please? <laughs> oh, gee. Oh. That's. that's that's not really good. Man, our listeners are so good. Yeah, they're so clever. They're really sour on the poor guy. All right, keep him going. Texting a couple I, more. I, I don't think we goodbye. got any more here. I think that's you, it. You, you don't have any more? Well, what do we got? Matty, did you find one? Uh, I think we're pretty tapped here. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I got too excited. <laughs> Turn it up. Said I loved you. So haunting. Uh, I like the one that uh, was referring to my vacation time, which is always funny. And and John did say third inning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I let that one slide. Yeah, He's an intern. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. I make mistakes all the time. My bad, everybody listening. I've What's never that, made a mistake. Uh, it's not. It's that. That's not even a bad mistake. <laughs> hey, uh, it's sports. Hey, it's yeah, exactly. Well, John, can I just say I love your confidence? Thank you. You got to really have it when impressed. you have nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, this, I'm really impressed. This guy, right up I'm my really alley. Impressed. You just came with jokes. If you just say anything with a lot of confidence, the amount of people that'll yeah. just believe you. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Yeah. Fascinating. Like, the stats I gave you guys were completely fake. Like, oh, probably. <laughs> Good. Completely made yeah. up. Right on. <laughs> just yeah, pulled I that was one taking out. it with a grain of salt. I think you have. I think you have potentially a career in politics, John. Oh, perfect! That's right. Because you don't have to give facts in politics. No, you can just sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. A lot of talking with confidence in that line of work. Yeah, like those objects getting shot down aren't UFOs. No. Okay. All right, we're fine. Everything's fine. All right, uh, that's that's it for us. Turn it up, Maddie. I want I want Michael right. to sing us. Such beautiful. Uh, happy Valentine's Day yep. to everybody out there. Try to enjoy yourself tonight. 
which is essentially appointment action night, uh, which is expected <laughs> all across North America and the world. I don't know what's more egregious, you or that text. Oops, that's my bad. Okay, well, it's true. I didn't tell you to turn down Michael Bolton. Yeah, that I, was my mistake. I said my bad. I closed it by okay, accident. I'm getting ready to leave. Okay, okay. I'll up. Yeah. Right. Well, right. I wanted Michael Bolton to play. Patrick, can we have Michael Bolton playing us out? Yeah, we can have Michael Bolton playing us out. Just okay, good. Here. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of The Big Show. Intern John will be here. Uh, we wish the best to our technical director, Alex Brody, who's a little under the weather. I have no idea if he'll be back tomorrow. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Patrick Scott, Big Show, Mucho next. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Calgary Traffic Update. Crash to the southeast on Deerfoot southbound lanes at the Caffro Bridge between Peg Am Trail and Glenmore now stacking up because of a multi-vehicle incident involving one vehicle facing perpendicular to through lanes southbound right-hand side of the road is blocked squeeze left to get by very narrow shoulders on it can be a slippery bridge. We're also dealing with a crash in the northeast on northbound Deerfoot Trail approaching McKnight Boulevard and 64th Avenue. The far right side of the road block callers report lots of emerge crews on site. In the City News 660 Alberta Motor Association Traffic Center, I'm Tanya Blakeney. Don't let this one get away. For a limited time, enjoy the Popeye's Flounder Fish Sandwich, crispy flounder on a brioche bun with crunchy pickles. Get yours today at Popeye's. A name that sounds like candy and with skills just as sweet. He scores! Tyler Toffoli one-times the puck into the Oilers' net. Tyler Toffoli and your Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Alpine credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Brought to you by South Point Toyota and HeartFit Clinic. Buildings should be designed for everyone, including the one in five Canadians living with a disability. Rick Hansen Foundation Accessibility Certification Training teaches those responsible for designing and managing buildings how to create inclusive